Welcome everyone, you are listening to Crunch, a podcast by award-winning New Zealand PR agency, HMC. Crunch stands for Crucial Conversations Over Lunch. These are bite-sized discussions for business leaders that you can easily digest over your lunch hour. Could be your morning routine, wherever you happen to be listening to your favorite podcast. Crunch tackles a variety of topics to help business leaders build their knowledge in strategic communication and public relations. I'm your host, Mark Hunter, and it's my privilege to welcome you into Crunch. The power of podcasts is it's the new way where people are getting content anywhere and anything and from anyone. You could be on your way to work and you could be listening to a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and on the way home you could be listening to Elon Musk talking about business. Here's the thing, at any given moment in time there are over 460 million people listening to a podcast like right now and there are over 3 million podcasts available. The thing that we're talking about today is your business could be the next one. The question we're talking about on this podcast, which is a podcast about podcasts, can a podcast help your business? And if so, how so? To break down the question, we're going to bring in several podcast experts. I'm going to welcome in Kane Power, who is with me. Kane is an experienced podcast editor. He's a producer and consultant with Precision Podcasting and Story and Sound. Welcome, Kane. Kia ora, Mark. Sounds like an odd question, but I'm assuming because you do podcasts for a living, are you an avid listener of podcasts? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. So I edit podcasts mostly all day. And then in my spare time, uh, when I'm exercising, when I'm driving in to Hamilton, I will listen to podcasts by choice as well. Good to know. Yeah. (laughs) Or also with me are um, some of the delightful HMC team. We've got Kate Weber and Nicola Lee. Kate, welcome. Good morning. I oh, know you've come up from Tulpa today. I have indeed. All right. You're okay? You had your coffee? Only my coffee though. No you, breakfast. No, you're good to go. Coffee so is I'm in fact So I'm looking forward to crunch if it's over lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nicola, welcome. Where have you come from? Kia ora. I have come from all the way across the bridge in Hamilton East. Yeah, well, that's probably about the same time it takes to get up from Taupo. So, yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hey, well, today we're going to be talking about podcasts and people are listening in are businesses and they may not have even thought about the idea of their firm doing a podcast. So we're going to talk about whether that's an option for them. Before we drill or get down into the weeds of podcasts, why don't we start at the high level and talk about why a podcast? Why should a business consider putting out their own podcast? It's really, it's another channel for businesses to connect with their audiences and it's a great way to be able to tell your story. You get to have a lot of control over your messaging because it's, you know, it's an owned channel. It's owned by you. It's scripted by you. Probably the thing I love most about podcasts is you get to develop this emotional connection Mm. with your audience that you just don't get to do like through the written word. So it's a really great way to be able to tell your story and it, you know, if we're talking about achieving PR goals and developing relationships and trust with your audiences, this is a great way to do that because they can hear you, they can engage with you, and you can repurpose podcasts in so many ways, you know, whether that's through social media, you can develop written content from it. So it's a bit of a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you are investing a whole lot of your yearly budget into marketing on social media, you know, your website, you're kind of putting it out on all these channels, but you're not investing in podcasting. I think you're missing out on a really, really large part of the market. Mm. Um, And you're missing out on speaking to your audience who is, especially in New Zealand, now catching up to the worldwide trend of podcasting in a huge way. As you said, right now, 
over 400 million people are listening to a podcast. If you're not kind of throwing your hat in the ring, if you're not putting your foot into that pool of podcasts, then you're definitely yeah, missing out. People talk about um, that we live in a, a world where people want short bites of things, that their attention spans are very short. Mm. But I'm not finding that's true in the world of podcasts. I'm, I'm happy to listen to three hours of podcasts, not in one sitting, but broken down. So it's a way where you can really get lots of material out there and it's kind of easy. You're not gonna, I'm not going to read three hours of stuff, but I could listen to three mm. hours of stuff over a period of time. That's interesting. I think that's the beauty of, of podcasting because you can be doing other stuff while you're listening to your podcast. Whereas if, you, if you're reading an article, you know, you can't be driving your car. You know, I'm thinking about the podcast we've done for our ag clients. You know, these farmers are listening to the stuff in their tractors, which are all connected with, you know, they're all Bluetoothed up these days. So, you know, it's about getting your messages across and meeting your audiences where they are, mm. you know. Okay. Hey, I'm going to turn this to the PR uh, topic especially. And I know that PR is about reputation and you've already mentioned relationships, but how can podcasting help listeners achieve their organizational reputational goals? So I'm a business, say, I'm looking to build the reputation of my business out in the podcast world. How can podcasts help me build, construct a strategic reputational boost for me and my company? Well, I think it's a lot about authenticity. And I think if one of your reputational goals is connection with an audience and you want to be an authentic leader, perhaps even just hearing your voice and you speaking on behalf of an organisation, you know, without the middle stuff that can come sometimes muddy the waters a little bit. I think when you're hearing directly from a CEO or a general manager. You get a sense of their personality, sense of them, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that can sure. be hard if they're not great writers or they're not mm. otherwise good with the words. Mm. I think, though, you need, you know, just because somebody's a CEO or the boss of a company doesn't mean they're going to come across well on a podcast mm -hmm. either. You know, you don't want someone sitting there just reading stuff off a script and sounding like it has been written by their PR company. You know, you like Nicola said, you want it to be authentic. And I think for me and the podcast that I've done with my clients, it's an opportunity for them to show some leadership in the industry and be thought leaders, you know, because also, you you know, you can bring in external guests, stakeholders, and that, that in itself will build your credibility and using them to help you spread the word, tapping into their, their channels to share these podcasts and get your messages out there. And I suppose to awareness and trust. Hmm. And I think the very awareness. act of preparing for a podcast can help you weed out a few things. So yeah, you might sure. be thinking, yeah, Bob, our CEO, he'll be great. But at the end of the day, you might get him on the microphone. He's not great. Mm. It's all in the prep. And if you're able to look at things and strategize from the beginning, mm. the act of preparing for a podcast might be useful, mm. even for weeding out not great talent. Mm. I think um, your question, Mark, sort of highlights the importance of making sure you're not just doing a podcast for podcast's sake. Like it actually needs to be helping you achieve those reputational goals. So having a plan in place, a comms plan, a PR plan in place of which podcasting is just one of those those tactics that you're going to use to help achieve your comms objectives. So yeah, it's not just about, you know, setting up some recording equipment and going for it. You know, there's a lot of thought that needs to go on. At the same time, you know, once you get into the habit of it, it's actually, you know, there is a formula, there is a process and it doesn't have to be hard if you can get yourself set up from the start. Well, why don't we use that to springboard into the next um, topic? I'm imagining there's a bunch of people that are just thinking this is in the too hard basket. 
you know, very few people like a microphone thrust in front of them and they can freeze, right? If you're having a conversation over a coffee, no problem. They can talk about their business and they can sound, as Nicola said, very human, mm. very real, and you can relate to them. As soon as you say go and we're live, everything sort of changes. So let's just break it down for people. It may not be in a too hard basket. So let's just talk about at a high level what's required to really sort of set up at a starting level, getting your podcast going. Kane, do you want to talk to that maybe? Yeah, it's actually a lot easier than you would think, especially if you have some assistance. Ultimately, you need to know why you're doing it at the very start. So if you have that clear, then you need to know who you're trying to reach. And these are things you should do before you go out and buy a bunch of gear, but then that follows. Mm. Um, once you know why you're doing it and who you're trying to reach, then it's just about getting some equipment. And really, you can start with super basic stuff. Um, it doesn't need to be a huge investment, but also you can you know, invest as much as you like. And once you have the gear, when you learn how to use it, then you're kind of on the way. If you work with someone externally to help you plan it and get guests in, that's definitely helpful. And also if you work with someone externally to do the podcast production. So that means that once you're actually up and running, then all your job is to do is to record it. And then you just pass it off and it gets edited and, you know, gets mixed and made to sound really nice and uploaded and published. And then it's out there. And then once you have that content, it can be repurposed in lots of different ways. Brilliant. I think, um, yeah, just building on that, it's not just the audio, obviously, that, you know, you need to think about. You do need a bit of a plan. I think, you know, Kane talked about identifying who your audience is, which I think is really, you know, you need to do that because that will help shape your messaging. And obviously your messaging needs to reflect, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve as a business. But, you know, there's other things to think about, you know, it's like, where are you going to house this podcast? What's it going to look like on your website? You need a special landing page, you know, all those sorts of things. So there's a lot of other plans you need to put in place before you press go to launch. It is a bit of investment in time uh, and effort before mm. you go. But once you are up and running, it mm. does tend to go pretty smoothly mm. yep. and the time investment is quite low. Mm. Obviously, I'm the host for today. And uh, for those of you listening, you should know, I don't know anything about podcasting, which raises the question about what makes for a good host and does that host need to know anything at all about the subject matter? The short answer is no. I don't think you need to know anything about the subject matter. I think consistency is a big deal when it comes to hosting. People listen generally because they come to like the people involved on the podcast. They get to know their personality a bit uh, and they become to identify with them. And so when they're thinking about what podcast to listen to, they're imagining the relationship that they have with that person. And it is a real mm. relationship. So you need someone that's personable, that can know how to run an interview, know how to ask questions, know how to make guests at ease. Um, but they don't necessarily need intimate knowledge of the content because that's what the experts are for. Just need to be a good listener, Mark. Is that what it is? That's why you're here today, buddy. <laughs> I tell you what, and from a host point of view, just um, again, because I don't know what this particular topic is from the inside out, but um, you know, a host, a good host will make notes. Uh, they'll be writing questions down as the participants are talking and that'll kind of keep the conversation rolling. So can we talk a little bit about content? I know for me, the podcast that I go back to again and again, especially the non-entertainment ones where I'm trying to learn something, it's valuable content right? The ones that turn me off, 
They're just vague. They're almost teasing with content. They're not giving me any real thing that I can go out and use. So can we talk a little bit about the need for what is valuable content that keeps people coming back? You need to think about your audience for a start. Yeah, think about your audience and plan, plan, plan. Think ahead. Think of possible questions they might ask or want to know. And in amongst that, think about what you want to get across as well from your organisational perspective. But ultimately, it all lies back with a plan and a strategy and knowing why you're podcasting in the first place. I think too, not, you know, you don't want to script things too much. Just have some questions because it needs to be off the cuff. And once people relax, then that's where the entertainment factor comes in, I think. Hmm. You'll probably find towards the end of this podcast, we'll all start to relax a little bit more and it will become, you know, more authentic, more entertaining. And like you say, Mark, you want that active interviewer, someone who is listening and then making further questions and not sticking completely to a script, but you can tell that they're actively listening and thinking of further probing questions that the audience might want to I think too, it also comes back to the topics that you're choosing. You know, we've done some podcasts in the past where, you know, there's a little bit of a yawn factor there, but then I sort of remind myself I'm actually not the target audience. You know, I might be talking to dairy farmers about dairy genetics and they're, they're hot on that. You know, they love that stuff. Okay, so here's the other thing. that If I was a business person, a business, and I'm thinking, okay, so I'm thinking about my target audience. I'm designing my content purely around what suits them. What do they want to know? Mm. Okay, now my question is, can I give away too much? So yes, no one likes vague generalities. It's mm-hmm. boring. It's unedifying. You can't use them. But am I in any danger of giving away too much? Is there a line in which, all right, I see Kate's shaking I don't, I don't her think head. so okay. because you want to give people a reason to listen, right? So you want to be offering them value. If you're not offering them value or entertainment, then why, why would they listen? We talk about giving audiences a little bit of something for free and they feel like, oh, yeah, I like that. You know, I'm getting a bit of value for nothing. And that's sort of hopefully what's going to keep bringing them back for more. Because you've got to remember that a podcast is only one channel that you're communicating to your audiences with, right? You're wanting to build that relationship and trust, which is at the top of that sort of sales funnel, I suppose, as we call it, so that, you know, they might want to engage with you more, buy your products and services and keep coming back. I think just on that, because it is a channel and it is an organisational mm. channel to a sense, I think you should be a bit careful saying things that you wouldn't want dragged out and sure. then expanded on. Yeah, And I've seen that loads of times when people are talking in a podcast. How often do you see the next day, you know, such and such a guest on podcast revealed, blah, and that becomes mm. a story. So I think there's a balance. I think maybe there's two different aspects to this then, you know, is one don't say anything that you might regret or in terms of your language or behaviour or information that you don't want to divulge. But I suppose I was coming at it more from, you know, oh, you have to actually pay us to get access to that expertise or, you know, you, you do want to give away some of that expertise and, and that for, for free. Absolutely. You know? And there's that um, the law of persuasion. I think it's called the law of uh, reciprocity right? You give away something first mm. and someone feels that they actually have, uh, the onus is on them to return mm. that favour at some mm. point. And uh, I know for me that um, when I've listened to podcasts, say about communication, and someone will be giving me tremendous information, but I'm not now an expert because they've given me some great 
tips or whatever. So if you're a law firm or an accounting firm, you could give away some tremendous um, insights mm. and they still need a lawyer. Mm. It doesn't bypass the need for the accountant still. So yeah, for sure. from where I stand as a podcast listener, I would lean heavily into giving away some goodies. Mm. Yeah. You know? yep. But I hear what Nicola's saying because we've had a few senior managers get themselves in hot water by sharing things that they shouldn't on social media, for example. And, you know, the same caution needs to be exercised with podcasts, for sure. You know, and their reputations are on the line here too, you know, not just the business, their sure. personal reputation. All right. What about frequency? Again, someone's listening in and thinking, hey, you know what, I could I could probably go with this um, podcasting thing, but my gosh, every day or every week. Mm -hmm. uh, so how often is often enough? <laughs> yeah. Consistency is something that I talk about often with podcasting. That's really the most important thing. It doesn't really matter how often you do it. All you need to do is choose what's right for you. If a 15-minute show a day is what you can do and what you want to do, then that's perfect. If a weekly show is too much, then do a fortnightly show uh, or do a monthly show. Mm. Just continue to do mm. that show on think, that basis. I think this this brings up that point, Kane, where we talk about, you know, getting some podcasts in the bag. You yeah. know, get six or eight podcasts in the bag to start with and then release them. And you could then you can release them. You could release them every day, every week, every fortnight, because otherwise you're gonna be chasing your tail, as yeah. as we've done in the past, Kane, when yeah. we first started, you yeah. know, uh, new to this podcasting business, and we'd be like, holy moly. We need to record this week, launch the next, record the next week, launch the next. And we were just chasing our tails. So just make sure you've got all your ducks in a row before you launch that first episode, just so you can keep the momentum going. That's yeah. a great point. Um, and in terms of like what is best, people always ask, what should I do? Quite honestly, it's weekly is the best way to release podcasts. It's engaging people on a weekly basis. Mm. It shows more success mm. uh, over, overall. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do a monthly or a fortnightly if that's what you're like mm. capability is if weekly is too much, um, and then just to your go audience to too, right? Yeah. You know the feedback that you're getting. Do they want to hear more? I think too. There's no reason why you know a lot of our clients we've done podcasts for are in the egg sector, which is very seasonal. So we've relaunched podcasts 12 months later because that time of the season is coming around and it's still topical. Yep. And I think making sure your podcast is topical is just so hugely important. And, and you need to think about that when you're recording and say, okay, well, this is topical right now, but if we launch this or release this in a month's time, is it going to be topical anymore? Is the issue going to have passed? So that's, I think that timing is, mm. is crucial. Okay, that kind of tips us nicely into the next um, section, which is success stories, right? Everybody loves a story and it actually, it takes things out of an, the abstract, concretizes it in some ways. Do any of you have stories of podcasts that you've been involved in with businesses that have been successful, that have achieved good goals or know about such podcasts? Yeah, I mean, lots. One that I can think of recently, it's not so much a business, but it's become one. They started out as bourbon enthusiasts uh, in the United States and they started a podcast called Bourbon Pursuit. Sounds um, way more exciting than dairy genetics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It depends how you feel about dairy genetics. Um, but they, over about five years podcasting, they've transformed what was just a beginner's show, you know, on two USB mics to an actual business doing hundreds of thousands of dollars per year in profit. And they actually make their own bourbon now. Um, nice. They've gotten to this point, they've snowballed and they have millions and millions of listeners. Do they pay you in kind? 
No, they pay me in cash. (laughs) (laughs) They used to anyway. Gigantic success story. Another one um, that I worked on just recently was the New Zealand Defence Force podcast. And they actually chose podcasting to speak about New Zealand's time in Afghanistan, Hmm. which hasn't been documented. um, And they called the podcast Unclassified. Mm. Great name. It was fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, they have a media team and, you know, ex-journalists and stuff. So they know how to write a script and they, they know how to interview people. And it turned out just amazing surpassed all expectations. Number one podcast in New Zealand at one point, they did extremely well. Brilliant. All right. Ladies from HMC, any podcasts that you've been involved in that you want to talk about? Yep. I've um, done a couple in the egg sector. I think farmers are still, well, were, you know, when we first started doing this podcasting business, we're pretty new to podcasts. There, there weren't many people in the egg sector doing podcasts. It's taken off in recent years. You know, we had some good success with farmers, but what we didn't expect was that staff were also engaging with these podcasts. So we had a client whose base was in New Zealand, but whose headquarters was um, in Europe. The team over there were were listening in, um, and it was a great learning process for them. We had farmers on the podcast talking about their challenges. We had breeders. So, yeah, it was sort of an audience that we didn't think about. And I think, you know, we always talk in PR about get your team engaged with anything that you're doing in the comm space first because they're your biggest advocates. And so I shouldn't have been surprised by the fact that the uptake by staff was really cool. So obviously skewed our our listener numbers a little bit, but it was all positive at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd actually like to talk about one more that I did that's more kind of business focused. Her and her partner run a mortgage brokerage in the Waikato and they did a series of podcasts. And since that show, and I'm not saying that that show and that podcast is solely responsible because they're very hardworking people. Um, but since then, you've just seen their profile explode mm. all over the Waikato and all over New Zealand, and they're popping up uh, in all kinds of places. Um, she has written a book. They're getting interviewed on other podcasts. They're having news stories written about them. They're involved very heavily in the media now. Like they're doing extremely well. And the podcast definitely was a stepping stone for them in that kind of PR journey. Mm, it's like sure. a good podcast can be your viral meme. Absolutely. Yeah. And think of, yeah, like you say, with your bourbon business and the ones that have started, I'm just thinking of a couple I listened to who started off, you know, two people and now they're million dollar businesses, media companies, mm. all from a podcast. Yep. Mm. I think too, you know, we before we started recording this, we talked about whether we were going to be videoing, right? And it's something that when we started doing this stuff a few years ago, we didn't really do that well. We were so focused on the audio, mm. but the video is just just as important, you know, especially, you know, for your digital advertising campaigns or your organic social media. And I don't have my lippy on today, but... Um, so okay, <laughs> are you referring to that, um, like if we were doing it now, that this conversation would, would be, be filmed? Yes. Filmed. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And ideally you'd want a couple of cameras, right, Kay? Yeah, totally. And so I was going to talk with you about this after recording, but it makes sense. We might as well just talk about it right now. So I've actually got my phone on a tripod in front of me. And in an ideal world, we would have a phone with it on a tripod in front of each person. It's kind of been a gradual thing, but video is much more important to podcasting now. We used to do something called audiograms where we'd post mm. the, the logo of the podcast in a waveform and some captions. People aren't engaging with that mm. as much anymore. What they want to see is the video clip. It's, you know, TikTok and Instagram. Mm. So I have a podcaster from Christchurch who discovered this. He switched from audiograms to having this set up with the phone literally just pointing at his guest and then taking a few highlights from the episode and it's already in the perfect format. He throws in some captions uh, and he has seen his engagement 
a hundred times increase. Yeah, He's getting amazing. thousands of impressions per post now, uh, and his podcast has you know skyrocketed. I'm going to just take that back to something that Nicholas said earlier, right? We were talking about um, reputation and it builds authenticity and to be able to listen to someone. But I was listening to a podcast recently where this gentleman's voice was awful. Not his fault. I, I wonder whether he even had an injury of some sort. Mm. But because I was watching the man as well, you know, I'd like the way he came across and that bridged the gap that I might have found him a little bit too hard to listen to. So, mm. yeah, it humanizes the whole thing. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm, for yeah. sure. And, and, you know, I think we talked about building that emotional connection. That's even more powerful with video, right? Yes. Because you can hear and see, yeah. Not that we want people to be watching the videos while they're driving their tractors and no, their cars. Can't. No, and that's no. not really what it's about. Like <laughs> the, um, you don't necessarily have to video your podcast. Some people do sit down and watch the entire thing if you did mm. video it, but it's not super enthralling. You know, it's you're more not for gonna, promotional purposes. Yeah, it's promotional purposes. Yeah. It's taking the little clips, the little highlights and putting them mm. on social media, which is kind of half the job of your podcast. It's a content mm. machine. Mm. Um, and if you're creating these little clips for socials and for your website or whatever, then you're at an advantage. Right, I'm going to springboard down the list of questions to something that um, is, seems to be important and we're there, promoting the thing, right? So let's just pretend I've got my podcast up and running. I've put a bunch of them in the bank. I'm going to do a weekly one. I've sorted out the name, got my content. It's nailed. But as far as the world is concerned, I'm invisible, right? I've put it up on a platform. How does anyone discover our podcast? How do we help the world find us? Because they're not looking for us. It comes back to the original question. Why are you doing this and who are you doing it for? You know, once you know who those people are, then you know where to find them. It's business marketing. It's creating an avatar. It's creating a plan on how you're going to reach these people. It's figuring out where they exist online. And then it was really just targeting those markets. So everyone's going to have your immediate audience, whether that's just your friends and family or whether that's your customer base. Do you have an email list? That's super important. Send them an email about your podcast. It's just really starting mm. at the bottom. I'd like to think that people would sort of know who their audience is and what their sort of overarching messages are going to be before they even think about starting a podcast. And we talked about the importance of your podcast linking back in with your broader comm strategy for your business. You know, you just don't do it as an ad hoc thing. You need to make sure that your website is up to scratch. You need a great landing page on there. And that's where you're going to house all your podcast content. You know, you're going to have photos of your of your host, of your guests. You're going to have a little bio about them. You know, we always talk at HMC about your website being your shop window, your podcast landing page. You know, it's just such important, an important tool. And it's where you're going to drive everybody when they want to listen to your podcast. You want to drive them to that website to find out more about your business. And we've found that, you know, once they get there, they're not only going to look at the current episode, but they may actually end up looking at past episodes yeah, as 100%. well. Yeah, 100%. And that's so. where consistency comes into it again as well. If you're reaching these people, you know, if they, someone listens to your show and they go, wow, that was great content. I really got value from that. Uh, it sounds fantastic and I enjoyed it. Then they're going to come back. If they start a pattern, they're just going to continue mm. and then you've, you're hooked in mm. you know, and then they're going to tell people. So word of mouth is actually the biggest way mm. you're going to spread Can your I just, podcast. I'll quickly add to that that from a tactical point of view, I think it makes a lot of sense and it's simple to just keep referring in each of your channels to the other channel that you have. So yeah. how many times are you listening to podcasts and they say, check us out on Instagram, make sure you follow us there. Yeah, Just sure. constantly referring to all the things you have on offer mm. to make sure you're covering. Because mm. this is only one That's right. tool in the toolbox, right? Yeah, only one platform. 
Yeah. And on that note, um, we're just about out of time. And so I am going to say that we've got lots more we could talk about uh, for people who are interested in starting a podcast. So that will be part two of uh, Crunch, podcast about podcasts. We'll make sure that we do another uh, version of this because there are some great bits actually still to be sort of unpacked. Before we go, let's do a quick um, lunch theme, quick fire question thing. All right, here we go. Each of you, what's your favorite food for lunch? Where would you have that food anywhere in the world if you could? And who, if anyone living in the world, would you have on the opposite side of the table? So oh. what do you want for lunch? Where do you want to have it? Who do you want with you? Well, you can't just spring these questions on us, Mark. No thought. I already know. Okay. <laughs> well, you, you, you <laughs> well, go okay, first, okay. with you. That's easy for me. I haven't um, even had breakfast, so I'm not really thinking about it. I'm choosing lunch. someone that's not living, though, because they're the first person yeah, that came into my mind before you said the word living. I would have simple, fresh bread, cheese, olives, and some prosciutto or some salami or something. Yeah. There's a, um, I'm thinking of a specific memory. Anywhere in the world, uh, there's a place in Montenegro um, called Kotor, and on top of Kotor is a, like, like old medieval castle, and you can just hike up there and sit on the walls and, and look out over the bay um, and eat your lunch, and it would definitely be Freddie Mercury sitting there with me. Ooh, mm. that's going to be a hard one to top. Um, I'd actually have lunch with my papa who is no longer with us in the world, but being the oldest grandchild, uh, he and I had a special connection, but it just made me think, and I'm, this is just well off the top of my head, he, I remember him, he used to sit there with his Huntley and Palmer's crackers and his cheese and his toppings and his salami and his Rothman's cigarette. <laughs> and he, so I would love to have lunch, have the opportunity to have lunch again with my papa, and it would definitely have to be here in New Zealand. He lived in the Hawke's Bay, so. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think I would merge two memories, like Kane, like a lived one, and it would be definitely somewhere in Tuscany having wine with my prosciutto and cheese. Nice. And I would probably have lunch with my nana. She was Italian but never visited Italy because um, she was born in New Zealand, oh, wow. and I would take her with me. Nice. Yeah. Brilliant. Gee, great crunch. All right, that's all we've got time for today, but I, before we go, I'd like to thank uh, all of my guests, which are Kane. Uh, Kate, Nicola, I think this has been a great podcast and I think we've put a lot of things out for people to think about. And if you are a business who is thinking about um, starting your podcast, get in touch with us, the people at HMC, or um, we'll put out some um, some information if you want to get in, in touch with Kane as well. And make sure you subscribe and like Crunch. We'll be putting out more of these podcasts and we'll be back with more PR and communication bites. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for the Crunch Podcast, brought to you by New Zealand PR agency, HMC. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss our next episode. We'll see you next time.